0: Ben in Cleveland, Ken Dwarznick. Happy birthday oh. to you. Of all the birthdays I had, that was one of them. This is the most recent one for you. Yeah. Myself and uh I'll call you Ted Uber this week. Ted. I know you've been doing a lot of driving around, so <laughs> nobody's better. The only person yeah. that'd be better at that would be myself. Yeah. So speaking of that. Uh, this just came to mind. Do you have a ring? Do you use a ring or anything like that for your business or
1: your home? Do you the know door what a ring bell? is? Yeah, the doorbell thing. Yeah, We're, we have a video. doorbell here. Uh, uh, I've had it for about three months, and I'm hoping to get it to work at some point.
0: So breaking news. So this morning, anyone wakes up. I wake up as well, and she uh, basically says to me, "Um, around 5.40 in the morning, someone was trying to get into your car. Oh. oh really? Okay, so I go to the video and yeah, there's there is a gentleman who just basically went to my car that's sitting in the driveway and tried to open it up. Now, the part that is frustrating with the ring is that you can zoom in, but when you zoom in, it's blurry. Yeah. Like I wanted to see this guy's, you know, license plates or report it. No, there's none of that. None None of that. So, yeah, lock your cars, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't matter where you're at. Lock your cars, lock your house. People are out there trying to. Trying to steal things. So, yep. Word to the wise.
1: Yeah. Word. How long was he uh, pestering your vehicle? About 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, he went just. To the car. Yeah, he, he went to the vehicle the and quick. then we have one is of those. Is it open? No. Okay. No, I'm it out. didn't
0: open. And then we have one of those automatic lights that when there's motion, the light. Comes oh, out. the light came on, scared him away. It deterred him. And yeah, I guess the situation we have is the gentleman just drives through neighborhoods and leaves the car running with the door open in the street and runs to different vehicles, sees if oh. the door's open, and if it's not, he runs back in his car and goes on his way. Does he have somebody with him? I
1: guess. I'm not sure because so he was in the driver's you know, side. If the, door, if, the, if the car's open, uh, if he doesn't have anybody with him, how's he going to drive two cars? Well, I don't know if he's looking to steal cars. He's just looking. Oh, cars. he's just looking to see yeah. what's in the car. I'm yeah, it
0: looks like a... Obviously, was a man. He had a hoodie on and all that fun stuff. So I think. Was he driving was, a nice vehicle? It was decent. Yeah, it looked, like a, a so okay. it looked like a jeep. A jeep. Okay, looked like a jeep. So there you go. That's the that's the word of the wise. But okay. uh, Ted, also more breaking news. More breaking news. Do you know that there's going to be a major league soccer team here in Cleveland
1: in 2025? Well, I'm glad they are taking enough time to plan it out. I did not. I I. I saw a couple posts on that. Is this the same? Like, is this the same league that Columbus is in? Um, they're trying to get to that. So
2: I see. So we're not there yet.
1: We're
0: not there. So the team in Columbus and also the team in Cincinnati—they both went through the same kind of process where they were kind oh, of okay. in a lower league to get to a higher league. It's called MLS Next Pro. But yeah, they'll they'll be playing soccer. Do you think they'll play at Brown Stadium?
1: I mean, I would hope so, because God knows nothing else is being played. Yeah, can we use it for something? I mean, it's worth, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. What, did they play in the summer, I hope? Yes, correct. Summer and then almost till, I mean, actually, they're they're just finishing
0: up. I think they have championships and all that kind of stuff the next couple weeks. And then they're also trying to add a women's professional soccer league here, um, add one of the teams to that league in 2024. So
1: exciting times here. More evidence that in my opinion we need a retractable stadium a retractable roof oh, sure. stadium yeah like they well, like i
0: mean look at detroit what did detroit do for us this past week we that's what we played
1: 70 degrees no 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 elements and uh meanwhile over in buffalo they're trying to pass some kind of a tax for a new outdoor football stadium now is there any fee any city in the United States that needs a dome more than buffalo
0: yes but they'll never do it i know it's
1: too too they're too small or they're not doing it yeah they're not doing it Uh, they like that outdoor venue then uh then they can keep farming their games out yeah that's true how was your birthday it was good
0: low-key i mean obviously as we're getting older the simple things excite us food drink yeah watching some football, spending some time with, with loved ones, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, it was it was good. Nothing crazy. <laughs> I had no bash, no party, nothing. We didn't even go out to eat. We had food. Special here. food? Did they and cook something special? Yeah, filet mignon. Oh, so my. It was, yeah, it was nice. Oh, boy. It was
1: nice. Hey, really a little glass of the uh, the red?
0: No, no wine. We're staying no wine. away. Okay. And that doesn't agree with us for some reason. Oh, okay. We, okay. we stick with the beer and... And, and cocktails. Okay. So, Did she sing? No. Yeah, well, there was some singing. Yes. Singing? Okay. Yes. We got uh, my, my brother and sister in law came over and they oh. got a, a cake from Rito's Bakery, which was really, really good. So, yeah, it was good. It was nice. Good, good. Bunch all of phone right. calls and texts and
1: all that stuff. So, does it, How's it feel? How's it feel to be 39? About the same as 25. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Really, really. Good. Well, uh, coming up on uh, this week's show, uh, bearded men are going to try to set a world record. A fourth grader may have saved another student's life. Sandals once owned by Steve Jobs go up for auction. We'll tell you what the winning bid was. All that, plus a conversation with a man who is very thankful, the Cleveland calendar, a sports history lesson, forecast roulette, And much more. And now, a woman's perspective.
3: What's the difference between a smart man and a stupid man? Nothing. They both think they know everything.
1: This has been A Woman's Perspective.
0: we were out and about in northeast ohio area it's getting more crowded at places too have you noticed that i mean it it seems like you gotta get reservations and bars and restaurants are starting to get full it's a great thing to see yeah absolutely absolutely. quick quick out and about i uh i had a wonderful experience at a place called char in rocky river i did not eat there i've been there before char c-h-a-r um right on detroit avenue Right in the uh, Rocky River area. Very nice place. They have very good cocktails. They took care of us very well. Um, some very specialized bourbons as well. I know you're a huge bourbon person. You know, that's one of the favorite things that you like to have. But uh, it, it's very good. I highly recommend it. And then, uh, oh, gosh, where else was I at? Ran around with the kids a little bit in Medina. Did a couple things with that. We've wrapped up all of our events, which is kind of exciting for right now. And, uh, yeah, my out and about is, is kind of light. I got some sporting events. I'll be attending here in the next couple of weeks for, uh, calves. We'll be going to the monsters. I know that's your favorite group. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. I, uh, I turn it over to you. Where is the update? <laughs> With the concession stands with these rinks, I know you've been to a lot of rinks. I need an update. I know I think you said Michael Reese Park. Yeah, Michael Reese. The ice rink good. had really good popcorn. Yeah. Do, do you have any
1: other updates from any other rinks? North Canton um, closed, their, closed their concession stand. It was open before our game. We were going to get something after the game. It was closed. Is that because they knew you were there or maybe I don't know that was the hours my son was all set cuz they had uh, signed for ICs. and he was ready to go and then the gate was down hmm. so we had to uh go to speedway or some other we can't, you can't just no you can't just not have an icy you just have <laughs> to go to Another location to fill your face with sugar. I mean, that's how it works here. Well, it's probably cheaper maybe at that Speedway as opposed to at the Concession. Ah, probably. Game, right? Probably. So, yeah, North Canton. Okay. Uh, haven't had a lot of away games, but the season is just starting. So uh, we have a an away game. Uh, gosh, I would have to look. I can't remember. Oh, uh, at, the, po- at uh, the pond out in uh, Chagrin oh, Falls. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. uh, They have a concession stand. So I'll. Well, I don't know if their concession stand is open. They have uh, vending machines. So I'm a uh, connoisseur of such uh, items, and uh, so we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. So yeah, that's good. If you ever have a uh, question about where a local ice rink is, I'm your guy. You are the Uber of ice rinks. You are. Okay. Yeah, Alexa. Yeah, don't need Alexa. Just, Ted Klopp, where is the CEO ice rink? Oh, well, it's in Euclid. Let me give you those directions. That's how it works. Well, Ted, thanks for your out and about,
0: and we were loving it. Time for everyone to get their calendars out open your outlook and listen as Jen Brastovic from Destination Cleveland will tell us where we should be, where we need to go in the Cleveland area here. Jen, it's been a while since we talked to you. Quick question. Is this the busiest time of year, this time of year when events, I mean, you must have like, what, five or six notebook papers full of events that people can go to, correct?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty jam-packed. We have, I believe, the last count I saw on our um, events page on our website is like 20-something pages of events from now into early 2023. So yes, plenty of options to keep people busy during the uh, holiday months here in Cleveland.
0: What's some highlights we can see here is obviously we're heading towards Thanksgiving weekend. Happy Thanksgiving to you, by the way. And then as we move into December, obviously many different Christmas things and all that what are we looking at here the next couple of weeks?
3: Yeah, so with Thanksgiving tomorrow, really, I mean, Cleveland, nobody does Christmas like Cleveland. We absolutely love the holidays here in Cleveland. How could you not when you're the home of the Christmas story house? Um, and the holiday celebrations really kick off Friday after Thanksgiving. So if you have friends and family in town for the Thanksgiving holiday, it is the perfect chance to show off what makes Cleveland the place to be, even despite the snow during the holiday season. Um, so, a few opportunities for you to take your friends and family to see some really cool light displays. Um, this weekend, Winterland will kick off. This is um, the festival that happens in Public Square, downtown Cleveland, it used to be called Winter Fest. It has a new name this year, Winterland, to celebrate the land of Cleveland. Um, so, this is happening on Saturday, November 26th. Um, it all kicks off. Um, in public square around four o'clock this year. So it's gonna be live music, ice skating, uh, carriage rides, fire pits for roasting marshmallows, some pop-up shopping experiences. There'll be some um, Cleveland Bazaar setups in uh, Fifth Street Arcade so you can get a start on your holiday shopping. Um, and it all culminates with the lighting of the public square Christmas tree and fireworks, which will happen around seven o'clock. Um, one of the cool things this year is that Downtown Cleveland Alliance has really done an incredible job of taking this from just a one day event into a way to celebrate the season all winter long. So, this will go through the end of February. If you're down at Public Square, there's going to be plenty of Christmas lights to see. You can go ice skating. There's going to be different events and pop up events happening down there to celebrate the holidays um, and to keep us celebrating winter all the way through February this year.
1: Wait a um, We're over- celebrating winter? Celebrating winter,
3: of course. Oh. If you're Come if on. you're in Cleveland, you got to make the best of it. All so right, we'll it'll all give right. you lots lots of fun stuff to do. All so right. so get the winter celebration
0: winter. hat on, Ted. Come on, yeah,
3: let's go. yeah. Uh, Cleveland Metro Park Zoo, usually a place that you probably frequent during the summer, but they're celebrating winter as well with their wild winter lights, transforming the zoo into a winter wonderland this year. So there are more than one and a half million lights bringing hundreds of displays to life um, all across the zoo. I went to this last year, I have two nephews, one is 14, one is eight. So they're kind of like far enough apart in age that they don't really like the same things, Um, but they both thought that this was really cool. A lot of really cool themed um, light displays and cool stuff to see, Um, ice carvers, live music, model train displays. Um, There's a really cool 50-foot tree that does a, like, synchronized light show that was a big hit with my family. Um, So that's really cool. But if you're not into celebrating the cold weather, there is a drive-through option so you can stay nice, warm, and cozy in your car as you take in those light displays. (laughs) So um, that kicked off uh, last week, November 17th, and it'll go through the end of this year. So a cool way to get the family out. Um, take a walk around the zoo, take a ride around the zoo, and take in those cool lights. And then over at the Cleveland Botanical Garden, they're kicking off their winter show, Twinkle in the 216. Um, That's going through the end of the year. And this year, their theme is all about Cleveland's historic neighborhoods and the communities that exist within them. So it's a really cool way to celebrate Cleveland over there. Their indoor outdoor gardens are all gonna be decorated. They have those glass houses over there. So again, if you're not quite into the outdoor garden scene in the middle of November and December, um, you can go warm up in those. They've got cool um, handmade gingerbread house displays, a lot of festive trees and horticulture displays over there. Um, And then there's also a breakfast with Santa option for families happening on December 11th and December 18th. So a cool option there as well.
1: Um, Santa has a lot of breakfasts. It's a
3: lot of uh, Santa, you know. He's gotta kind of bulk up to keep him is that what it is? during the off season, I guess. You know, Mrs. Claus doesn't want to sew him a new suit every year, so he's gotta stay up at
1: fighting weight. I think during the <laughs> off season, okay, yeah, the
3: off season. Nice. All right, guys. What goes better with holiday cheer than a holiday beer? Absolutely nothing. Oh, of wow. course.
2: Okay.
3: Of course, Oops. we all know the OG holiday beer here in Cleveland is Great Lakes. Brewing Company's Christmas Ale. This year, they are celebrating 30 years of Christmas Ale. They first started brewing it 30 years ago. So um, I always, every holiday season, I have to go to the brew pub and get like a draft pour because they put the honey on the rim with the ginger and the cinnamon. And it's just like Christmas in a glass. And it's so perfect. Um, It's amazing. And they've got like some really cool stuff happening this year to celebrate the 30th anniversary. So um, if you're looking for an excuse to drink a beer, (laughs) The holidays are your excuse.
1: Hold, hold uh, on one second, Ken. Do you need an excuse to drink a beer any day that ends in Y? Okay, yeah, I was. Perfect. Gonna, I, I don't. I don't know that anybody needs an excuse, but okay, go ahead.
3: Well, and of course, we know Cleveland has an incredible local brewery scene, too. So all of the local craft breweries around here have really um, stepped up and put their own twist on Christmas ale and these holiday ales. So we have enough festive beers to keep you busy from now until Christmas, for sure. Um, And it's a good reminder, if you are a Cleveland Brewery Passport participant, you have until the end of this year. So uh, New Year's Eve, the 31st, to finish those check-ins to win those prizes. So, you know, if you've got a few breweries that you need to visit just chalk it up to getting in the festive spirit and going out there and, and pouring some festive beers.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Now, uh, one thing we, there's an awful lot of information right there, but we, I have one more question for you. Um, I know that uh, we have a uh, blossoming uh, restaurant scene in the area. Is there uh, perhaps a new uh, restaurant in the downtown area that we could, uh, spotlight that has some uh, something unique about it here in Cleveland?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we were just talking about Great Lakes Brewing Company. Right across the street from Great Lakes um, used to be the Flying Fig, which was a big hit here in Cleveland, really popular restaurant owned by um, Jill Davis and Karen Small. They closed that um, earlier this year, but they have just reopened it in a new concept. It is called Pearl Street Market and Cafe. So um, it's a really cool like wine bar concept happening down there. They've got a wine dispensing system. So kind of like wine on draft, which is awesome. Um, a lot of really cool stuff happening over there's a really cool space for wine lovers or just people who are looking for a little bite to eat if they're out and about doing some holiday shopping in downtown. Um, so that just opened last week on the 18th. So if you get in there now, um, you'll be one of the first ones through the door. So lots of wine, local beer, cider, um, craft cocktails. Uh, charcuterie boards local breads they're all about the the local food scene over there so a really cool spot to visit if you have friends and family in town this holiday season
1: and if That's you don't awesome. you gotta just just go you know yourself right grab
3: a christmas ale grab there a glass of wine go to the west side market you can have a whole day down there in ohio city
0: and find a friend if you don't have one
3: yeah exactly nothing brings people together like alcohol
1: <laughs> there's There's the quote of the show right there (laughs) brings people together like alcohol. Okay. Yep. All right. There There is (laughs) wisdom from Jen Brasnovich right there. (laughs) Well, Jen, how are you celebrating uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow?
3: Um, I am in New York visiting with my family. So um, having Thanksgiving with my whole family, Uh, it's not a very big family. I have a brother, sister-in-law, two nephews, and then my parents. Um, and then i'll be coming back to cleveland and taking in all of the festive charm here in cleveland for the holiday season.
1: okay by I the way do. i don't i don't think we talked to you uh since halloween and a burning question for us did you dress up as the coworker that you said you were thinking about dressing up as
3: I didn't because we didn't end up doing a big thing at work. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this and I can keep that idea for next year. Yeah. I'll have, I'll have even more time now to perfect the costume. We didn't didn't name him, so. uh, Yeah.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. Perfect. Yes.
0: Right. Right. Well, Jen, well, last question for me. I, I wrote everything down the best I could. I can't even read my own handwriting. So for those of us that struggle, where can we go to find out about these wonderful events you talked about?
3: Yeah. So for the holiday season, we have a whole page set up. This is cleveland.com backslash holidays. You'll find all of the events we talked about, lots of ideas for local shopping to support our local small businesses here this holiday season. Um, And then a cool new feature that we have this year is our winter bucket list passport, which is nine different stops that you can visit all winter long, Um, a few indoor, a few outdoor. And um, as you check in at those different stops, spots you'll win a cleveland script winter hat to keep you warm all winter so this is cleveland.com slash holidays for all of that and much much more as we head into the holiday season
0: wow that's cool i like that yeah i like that <laughs> well jen as always thank you for the information thank you for your time safe travels as you make your way to new york i know they've been dealing with some inclement weather as uh, yes. as ted knows as well but yeah you know, we appreciate it
1: thanks we guys happy thankful. thanksgiving Happy holidays thankful for the information that you provide uh, uh every time you're on hey happy to do it all right well thank you jen thanks guys
0: ted overachiever time huh we may have a new world record thanks to an event in wyoming oh i don't talk about wyoming very often Oh. No. A group of men with beards that, at least, that were at least eight inches long gathered at a bar and stood side by side. The men were eight inches tall or the beards were eight it inches? It sounds like the beards were. Oh, okay. Uh, eight-inch men, and I don't know many eight-inch men. So they clipped their beards together, creating a beard chain that was 150 feet long. I repeat that, 150 feet long beard chain. I don't think I'd ever... No, or ever think I'd be saying that beard chain the previous world record I mean they blew it away which was 62 feet six inches I mean they they pummeled the thing the new potential record was set as part of the national beard and mustache championship do you see yourself ever being part of a beard chain and growing a a long beard kind of like zz top I am not able to Okay. Yeah. That's I'm not, not either. Yeah.
1: That's I, that I, doesn't
0: I, work. I've tried it before and
1: it looks like I'm I'm sick. So I don't I don't do that. yeah, yeah. No, not 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 an option. But wow, I will tell you we do have a confirmed world record. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, a Texas Museum has published the world's largest book. This book. Not by pages, but this book measures seven feet eleven inches. Jeez! It is a huge version of the book "I Am Texas," which contains writing and artwork for a thousand Texas students from third to twelfth grade. The book weighs four hundred ninety-six pounds. Wow! Sounds this like is, that's stationary. I don't think they Yeah, can I, I, don't, around, I don't. I don't right? think you can pick this up and take it into the bathroom with you. <laughs> Plus, you have a crane. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way it's getting anywhere. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I guess that redefines the term large print.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Ted, overachievers. Blah, 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 blah,
4: blah, 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 blah,
0: blah,
4: blah, blah, blah,
0: blah, blah, Today's guest is a three-time Olympian and recently was named the track and field coach at Ashton University this past June. Prior to joining AU, our guest served as the throws coach at South Dakota starting in 2015, where three of his athletes earned six appearances in the NCAA Division I Nationals. Our guest is no stranger to the area, coaching at AU for 13 years, where he was strengthened and conditioning coach and assistant throws coach to Judd Logan. Our, go- our guest is not only a husband and a dad and a coach, but is beginning to become a social media star with his most recent posts. It is with great pleasure to introduce the Morningside College graduate and 14-time national champion, A.G. Kruger, to two middle-aged men in Cleveland. A.G., thank you so much for joining us.
5: Not a problem. Thanks for having me.
0: I know, A.G., this is going to be the highlights of your career, this interview today, of course. But uh <laughs> Before we go into any of that stuff and, and have some fun, first of all, congratulations on being named the AU track and field coach. And I wanted to ask this question at the top to kind of talk about this. Yep. Um, you took over the AU program from your friend and someone that you have had a very close relationship with, Joe Logan. Uh, for those of you who don't know Judd, he coached 17 seasons at AU as an assistant and head track coach and won three national championships uh, with the team and he was a four-time Olympian himself. Um, He passed away in January of this year. Talk about the mix of emotions you've gone through in the past year uh, with his passing, taking over the AU program, and then moving your family back to Ashland, and finally working with the student-athletes at Ashland again.
5: You know, I had talked to Judd there in the middle of December and just kind of talking with him, and he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of feeling uh, and, you know, I might have to just go in and get checked out and things like that, I think, just have some type of, you know, kind of chest cold or something like that. I'm like, okay, well, dude, well, hey, great talking with you. You know, have a great Christmas, stuff like that. And then literally, you know, three, two, three weeks later, it just all happens. And it shocked everyone. I mean, even, you know, my wife was talking to Jill the other day and it's still in her head. It shocks her that it happened. and happened so quick. And I knew this position was going to open up. I knew everything about that. At the time, I'm still there at USD. I have a, a great group of kids. I have a kind of great job. My wife's there. Uh, she's teaching there at the university and she still actually is this year right now, remotely. Um, she's actually getting her doctorate. I mean, all these different things happening that it kind of doesn't necessarily make sense to leave. And I'm sitting there kind of playing in my head. Do I, do I do? And I knew I was going to come back for the alumni meet just to kind of be wanted, you know, they do a memorial for Judd that after the meet and stuff like that. Um, but I'm out at California. I'm sitting in my hotel room that night after being out there for like 10 hours out there coaching and stuff like that. And, I get this voice in the back of my head that just says, Hey, why, why do you think I sent you out to South Dakota to come back and take over for me after you're done, go get this job. And literally the next day applied and things like that. Kanger gave me a call and said, Hey, when you're here for Memorial, can you interview? So then they interview quick, right away. I was the first one that I think got interviewed and they interviewed a couple of people. And then it's just a waiting. You know how, like anything anymore, it's a waiting game of seeing what happens. And finally he gives me a call when I was out at regionals and said, Hey, love for you to be the new head coach here. And, uh, they're big shoes to fill no matter what, but felt great emotion of I'm excited. I think there can be there still can be great things that happen here. When finally got the family moved out here at the beginning of August, it was great to be able to be back here and say, all right, we got a home. Luckily, found a home, bought a home, found a home here in town. Um, you know, it. I tell the story of, you know, I, uh, I asked some of my throwers I'm like, hey, if you can come over and help me move in Saturday morning, it would be great. Things like that. So we had the biggest U-Haul we had. We had it all packed in, stuff like that. 28 minutes later, it was unloaded. Like, they just <laughs> went to town. Talk about the first good experience with my athletes. Boom, it's out, you know. So, it, it that, that part of it was fun. So, do those athletes need
1: any side work? Because I have some uh, cleaning. That- <laughs> uh, well, that's a story for another time. So, uh, my understanding is that you were, you've been pretty hardworking. I guess about 20 years ago, you came to the uh, – you first got to Ashland – you were part of something called the Ashland Elite. Now, I don't know whether you know this or not, but Ken and I were part of something called the Ashland Painfully Average. But we'll talk okay. about that <laughs> another time. I'm wondering if you could talk about this, the Ashland Elite program and some of the other athletes that you worked with.
5: I moved out here in the fall of 2002. Um, Judd asked me to move out here. He's like, hey, I don't, have, I don't have a place for you to live. I don't have food for you. I don't have a job for you, but come out here move out here and, and, and go ahead and, and be a part of something that I think you can make Olympic team here in two years. Actually, at the time, when I first got there, I helped out in the equipment room for a $5,000 stipend and then also got a free meal plan, which for me at the time was golden. A free meal plan, man, that is golden. <laughs> trying to feed me, my wife has found out in the last how many years, it sucks trying to feed me. Um, But be able to do that, that was great. Um, But then that next summer, so that was 2003 summer, um, Bill Gallagher went to the president and vice president of the time. So that was uh, President uh, Benz and then Vice President Jim Barnes. Um, and brought up in front of him this with this thing. He's like, hey, we have about, um, I think a total was 11 people. So it was Sean Robbins was the Jumps coach. He was doing it. Uh, Jackie and Adrian were graduating. Joe Woodski had just graduated. Derek, myself, Derek myself, Chris Adams, um, Rich Olm came back. All these people coming back to train here for the Olympic year. And He's like, hey, this is what I think we can we need to do. We need to give these guys free health insurance. We need to give these guys a place to live. And we need to give these guys meal plans. If we do this bare minimum and help them with the cost of getting to Olympic trials and stuff, this bare cost will be great for these athletes to be able to let them train, be able to focus more on what their training is, and will pay dividends when if and when they make an Olympic team and things like that. Um, and at that time, Jim Barnes was like, yep, we need to do this. I, I don't care the cost. We need to do this. I think this would be great publicity. This would be great for what we need to do. And we had to help work events and stuff around campus too and stuff like that, which is not a big deal. But then it came down to it when we went to Olympic trials. And here it is where Jackie then makes the Olympic team. I make the, I make the Olympic team. And actually, everyone did pretty well out there and stuff like that. And here we are at NBC coverage. And they're, they're mentioning, you know, at the time, there's no streaming. At 2004, There's just the live coverage and, you know, yeah. Hey, a national lead a national university. And this is actually what spurred on like the whole Oregon track club and things like that. They hadn't done nothing like this. This is something that spurred on all these different track clubs kind of pop back into existence. existence. Um, but we had two people make the Olympic team that year and it, it was great and great publicity. And, and I, I remember I'm sitting there with, we're playing Euchre one night cause we're bored and just kind of doing some things that night. And uh, Jim Barnes calls up Bill Gallagher and he's like, Bill, by the way, that was just about two million dollars worth of coverage of uh, coverage that we didn't have to pay for. That we just had to pay for you guys being this absolutely amazing. Thanks, thanks for you guys doing what you did there. Well, one thing
0: about Judd Logan, as many people know, he was a character. Uh, I, his personality was bigger than life. One thing I wanted to bring up to you and and see if you have anything. Can you have a funny story that you could tell us? That's uh, that's uh, you know certainly appropriate for the podcast about him or experience you had with him or anything like that. Oh, yeah.
5: Yep. My first year. So my first year training here, um, we're sitting out there and we just like, you know what? I think I can get a group together. We're going to have a good group. So, so Joey and, and Roberta, you're coming with me. We're going to do the truck push. So only three people, everyone else was forced AG jump in the truck truck. Derek, you sit on the tailgate, you, you time us, or you sit on the box. You time us. So like, okay, sure. Okay. We get in there. So he's like, Hey bro, by the way. So Roberta is our discus thrower. And she, and she also is, my first or second day here, uh, incline 315 for 10 and the incline bench. Oh
0: my gosh.
5: Okay. One of the sh- strongest females ever to live. I mean, just ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Roberta, I love her to death, but he's like, hey, Ro, you only have to be on for 50 yards. After 50 yards, you can drop off. Joey and I will finish it up. Great. Okay. So we start, they start going and they through 50 yards are pushing the truck as faster than any group has gone that day. And it was awesome. Like, holy cow, this is awesome. Then Roberta jumps off, and then they get about 20 more yards in, and all of a sudden I hear, oh, God, oh, God, there goes a hammy. Oh, God. And then I said, oh, God, there goes the other one. So for the last about 15 yards, Judd is hanging on to the back of the truck, and here's Joey Brightville, this 170-pound long jumper, bobbing his head trying to push the truck through this. Derek and I are, I'm driving, Derek's in the back. We are dying laughing about this. So we go through and they, they finally get it through the line. So judge sits on the tailgate. I roll around. And then we always had abs afterwards. So we're doing these abs. And usually he's kind of quick to fire. We only ended up doing three abs cause he is so tired. He couldn't, he forgot to call another ab for us. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. V five go. And just, so he gets done. The best part about it is we get done. We go, we go home quick. We all shower. We go to convo. We eat, we come back. Literally, there's three messages. So we don't have cell phones really at the time. We have three phone uh, messages on our answering machine. Yep, it's Jud. uh had to st- pull because this is when he lived in North Canton. Yep, it's Judd Pulled off on the interstate. Had a puke quick. You guys suck. I hate you guys. Bye. Next message. Hey guys. Uh, by the way, had a puke again. Um, cramping up, severe. It's not good. I uh, had to wave a couple cars by because they're stopping to think I'm going to die or something like that. But yep. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. Okay, bye. Third message. Oh, God, I'm on all fours. You're puking. Car stopped by. They're thinking I need to call a squad. I don't know if I'll make it home. Oh, my God. This, this, ad, that was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Bye, guys. See ya. So I wish we would have saved those messages. All right, here's promotion
0: time. Okay. So okay. social media is something everyone's doing. Obviously, how can people follow the AG Kruger deep thoughts about the (laughs) hammer throw and other things in life how can i follow that and also talk about how we can follow the uh, Ashland university track and field program so
5: that the we have a instagram that's ashland throws that they they're like hey we need to do something kind of with you kind of stuff like that and they're like what about and i was like well what about deep thoughts and it just and they're like well how do you come up with them like i can randomly come up with different things it's okay (laughs) don't worry about that you know um, you know, we have to do a Thanksgiving one because we still have to keep the tradition going here on Thursday and stuff like that. But it, it's just something fun that we kind of do and stuff like that. And my athletes do a great job of doing that content and stuff like that. I honestly, it's not me. I You can still get a hold of me through that, but that's my athletes. And then we'll also have a national track and field page, too, with Instagram and things like that that you can follow and can be able to follow along.
0: I know Ted has a lot of deep thoughts, but unfortunately, his are a little bit more foul. So we can't necessarily <laughs> post those anywhere. So if I'm not mistaken. Yep. They're deep. You need support. <laughs> Through oh, AG, thank you so much for the time. Once again, congratulations on the position. Absolutely a pleasure to talk with you, to hear about all the wonderful things that are going on with the Ash University program, as well as yourself. We wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving. And, and once again, thank you so much for the time.
5: Not a problem. Thank you guys for having me and have a blessed Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And enjoy time with families and stuff like that. And just enjoy life. That's what you got to do. And that's one thing. If I learned from Judd, he, you can't tell me there wasn't a day he didn't enjoy life, and that's what I'm going to keep on leaving my life to, and just enjoy life and move forward, and that's all you can do.
0: Ted, we have more good news. Perfect timing this. the week of Thanksgiving. Yep. A Wisconsin fourth grader may have saved the life of a classmate. Essie Callier is a student at Frat Elementary School in Racine, Wisconsin. Essie spotted the student grabbing her neck. Essie ran over and performed the Heimlich. The student's airway cleared, and she was okay. Essie says she learned the technique from watching a YouTube video. How about that? Wow. That is
1: really, really great. Yeah. I'm going to make sure my kids don't hear this episode, because otherwise they'll never get off of YouTube. Yeah. No kidding. They'll be, oh, well, I might learn something from this video on Among Us or whatever there, you know, might learn something.
0: Well, hats off to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The young lady in Racine, Wisconsin, Essie Collier with the life saving opportunity. Make sure you watch your YouTube videos. You can save a life. Cleveland, this is for you. Another this week in Cleveland sports history. We'll continue talking about the Cleveland Browns, and this time we're going to go back to 1950 in December. And it was the Cleveland Browns last, were the last NFL team with a no pass game where they beat Philadelphia by the score of 13 to 7. We're going to bring in Dusty Sloan, our Cleveland sports historian. Dusty, what can you tell us about this game? Is that really true? They had no passes in a 13 to 7 win. Is that correct?
4: Not one pass at all. And again, people who don't know much about NFL history would think that's so bizarre given the pass happy nfl that we're seeing now but yes Otto graham started the game didn't throw one pass i don't know if he played the entire game but there wasn't a lot of offense in this game as the browns beat the eagles 13 to 7 in 1950 at the old municipal stadium uh the browns scored on an interception return by warren Lair and a couple field goals by lou groza and that was enough wow was this a? I
0: mean Obviously, you're not going to really be able to tell. I imagine the weather wasn't the best at this time. If you're playing in December in Cleveland, I imagine the winds were probably howling. You might have had some snow. Do you think that's part of the reason for this? Because I know in previous games, you know, we talked about a one from 1951, not too long ago, where the Browns were penalized all these yards, but they had 550 yards of offense. Was it just one of the just a setup? I mean, just unfortunately poor weather and they just decided we'll just
4: run it. That's my guess, because I'm not seeing anything in this box score that says anything about weather. But you look at the total yards, and the Browns only had 68, and the Eagles only had 167. But the Eagles also turned the ball over four times, so that would be the difference. When when you can't throw the ball and you're just trying to run the ball, obviously they had to pick six. And Lou Groves obviously knew how to kick in the cold and the snow and the wind and everything else. So that was the difference
0: interesting. I, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again, Dusty. I mean, I, I think about I think it was a game during covid with the Patriots where Bill Belichick, I think, ran yes. the ball like 40 or 50 times. And th- he did throw like two or three passes because he was I think he had a play at quarterback, somebody that was like a wide receiver or something like that. It was it wasn't even a regular quarterback. But I I don't know your thoughts. Obviously, you're up up to date on everything going on there. I don't think we'll ever see that again. Is that right? I mean, well, we're, we're the only way
4: you'd ever see it would be like a guy like Bill Belichick, who's old school and, w- and would be able to devise something like that. But once he's gone, I don't, I don't ever, and we'll never see anything like that again, unless you're in a replacement posture like we had in 1987. I don't know if i will ever allow that again. So,
0: Well, Dusty, appreciate the time once again. Very interesting to go back to a a team or a time, I should say, where actually (laughs) Cleveland probably did one of the last things you'll ever see—a game with no passes—in December third, nineteen fifty, as they beat the Philadelphia thirteen to seven. Dusty, thanks again for your time.
4: Thanks, Ken. Cleveland, this is for you.
1: Here we go, Ken. News you need. Midterm elections are mostly over with some being very close. The city council seat in Michigan was a dead heat. 616 votes to 616 votes. Now to break the tie, the two candidates, they drew pieces of paper from a bowl. Brittany Vanderwall's paper said not elected Tamine Adair's paper said, elected, she gets the job. Vanderwall and Adair were fine with the process after drawing the papers. Vanderwell told, Vanderwall told Adair, quote, congrats, do good work. I'll see you in two years. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, see you in two oh, years. Just draw straws. Why didn't yep. we just de- Why don't we just do that for all of them and then we don't need to, you know, yeah. The suede brown Birkenstock sandals once owned and worn by Apple founder Steve Jobs have been auctioned off. The described well-used pair fetched nearly $220,000 in Julian's auctions. They were expected to bring about 60 grand Final sale price, 218750 bucks wow. for a smelly pair of a dead guy's sandals. That's, I don't think the DNA from the sandals is going to absorb through your feet. I mean, what do you do with those? You just put I, them in a, a glass case? I guess. I don't know. I mean, if wow. you need Birkenstocks that bad, I think you could get them for a little cheaper.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Amazon's an option. Yeah, Sure. A Florida man stopped for speeding after being clocked at 110 miles an hour on a suspended license. The guy took off from officers across I-95. as police say he yelled, I'm sorry. He yelled it back to them. Uh, Zachary Seibert, we've got his name because he was shot. Uh, caught a uh, short time later, hiding in the backseat of a car. <laughs> A release from the Brevard County Sheriff's Office noted that if you run from them, you'll just go to jail tired. Wow. Yeah.
0: That doesn't seem like that was thought out very well.
1: No. Well, yeah. Sports, congratulations to Chinese marathon runner Chen Bangxian. He recently ran a marathon in China, finishing in 3 hours and 28 minutes putting him 574th out of about 1,500 runners. Why do I mention him? Well, the notable part about this achievement is that Uncle Chen, as he is known, he chain-smoked through the whole race. (laughs) (laughs) Photos showing him running with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth were posted on social media, so marathon organizers shared his finishing certificate to avoid to, to... Dissuade any skepticism. By the way, his time is about an hour faster than the four hour, 29 minute average finishing time for marathoners worldwide, according to a 2021 study. Okay, I can tell you this. So back in the day when I was in
0: decent shape in grad school, which was around 2000, I ran the Cleveland Marathon. I was trained by the ever famous Al King of course. And uh, my finishing time was also three hours and 28 minutes. And I must say that there was no point in time that I felt as though I could chain smoke while I ran that marathon because I thought I was going to die.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: that in itself is pretty impressive.
1: Very impressive. Take a big draw on that. I'm Ted Klopp. That's news to me.
4: Cast roulette With the
1: official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable.
0: Time for one of our favorite segments. It is the weather forecaster, the official weather forecaster of two middle-aged men in Cleveland. We bring in Scott Sable. Scott... A little while since we've talked to you. How are things? Anything exciting happening at Fox Saint? Do you have any any big things? I know you've had some new people working there and stuff. If any any other exciting things going on at the station?
6: It's been actually abnormally quiet the last couple of weeks. I think mainly because you got, you got, you know, got Friday night touchdown you got high school football, you got people taking vacations, you know, then you hit into November and you kind of, you know, it's a rating period. So everyone's kind of yeah. locked down and I think you'll start to see things picking up in November, but no, I mean, we got a lot of new people at the station, um, which is great. Um, you know, getting to know everybody almost all over again too, especially with COVID now that, I mean, it's yeah. been a year, but you know, it's, it, it's, it's great, but we got the, uh, oh, we got the turkey bowl coming up, which oh. is what we do each and every Thanksgiving day, where we take uh, frozen turkeys and bowl them down a bowling alley, and we knock over cans of uh, cranberry sauce, and and, uh, and everything is donated. So that's, I think this year will be like the 2020th, maybe? twenty. 20? No, it's got to be longer than, I mean, like 23rd, 24th turkey bowl, something like that. So uh, that'll be fun. That'll be really, really fun. If you go on YouTube, you'll find the old ones uh, where we had Ed Begley Jr., remember ed Bagley jr actor he showed yes, up to our yeah. turkey bowl once years ago huh. Rode his bike right into the store we're like ed Bagley jr's here i'll be darned
0: that's really cool <laughs> that's really cool
6: macho man i think might show up this year yeah.
0: oh yeah oh yeah Will you dress up as macho man you i did that. well i
6: did yeah so he, he might make an appearance that. yeah yeah i got it right is over that... here in the closet behind me if you need to is, borrow.
2: is that what your halloween costume
6: was uh, three years ago, I yeah, my kids go, you're not going to do it. You never dress up. I go, oh, yeah? So I did, and I did the whole, oh, yeah. And I even kind of took baby oil in my face to make it look like I was, like, all sweaty and <laughs> just all, like, jacked up.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah, the whole nine yards. Okay. I, I usually wear half of it cutting the grass, but that's a story for another time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Very good. Oh, my. Well, <laughs> names,
0: please. Ted, should we spin the wheel? What, do you, what do you think? Should we do that? Do a little forecast yeah. roulette with Scott? Do you sure. want to spin the wheel this time? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll spin the
2: wheel here. All you know right. That. All right. All right.
0: Here
2: we go. I don't know why I'm clearing my
0: throat. I don't to know why you're already there. That's All fine. Yeah.
2: Okay. You're All right. Here we
0: go. Three, two, one. There it comes. Whoa. Good muscles. Are yeah. you been working out? Go
2: get yourself a coffee and a newspaper. Do you still have newspapers? I don't
0: know. slowing down here. Okay. All right. I'm looking at it. Wow. Another one from the States. Bridgeport, right. Connecticut. Scott, can you Stop. tell us anything about Bridgeport, Connecticut and what let's we're going to see, see forecast?
6: Bridgeport, ones? Connecticut. I know I drove through that a couple of times visiting my buddy who uh, lives up at Cape Cod. Um, let's see here. Bridgeport, Connecticut. That big, isn't there a major league baseball player that's from Bridgeport, Connecticut that used to play for the Indians? I
0: think
2: I rem- so.
6: I remember somebody from from, from New England I mean, I know there's been a bunch of them, but I want to say hmm, pitcher from the 90s, not Chad OJ. Maybe, o. J. Uh, maybe, maybe
0: uh, Ted maybe. would know. He looks like Earl Hersheiser. Would you know who pitched <laughs> yeah. for, who was from Bridgeport, Connecticut? Yeah, it was
2: uh, um, uh, Tony Katan's uh, husband, uh, Chuck Finley.
0: No. 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 Was, Charles uh, Nagy. No, it was, it was,
2: it was, I was going to say that. Charles Nagy. Yeah, that's who I was going to say. That was going to be the next one i don't
6: know why jack mcdowell was go that on.
0: gonna be your next one jack
6: mcdowell yeah sure
0: oh well scott <laughs> Yeah, sir with charles nagge being <laughs> from bridgeport connecticut first of all what what, what are we looking at forecast wise over there
6: bridgeport they've had a lot of rain recently they had a lot of rain from hurricane ian a couple weeks back um looks like temperatures there generally in the 50s you know okay. fall colors right at peak um so yeah the weather there probably some showers this week early and then starting to clear out by the end of the week again highs in the 50s so not bad could be better could be worse but nice and cool to finish out the month
0: charles i'm sorry go ahead well i was just gonna say i heard that
2: the most popular type of beef served there is ground chuck. is that true
0: You get no reply. All nothing. All You're getting the Phil Collins answer right now. Silence, Silence is gold. Baby. Absolutely nothing. Well, Scott, <laughs> I know obviously with your podcast, the Sable brothers, um, you have had the opportunity to talk to Charles Nagy. Have you not? He was part of one of your episodes.
6: Yeah, it was maybe about a month, month and a half ago or so. Um, uh, you know, it was right at the end of the season and um, we were trying to get, they had like, a, it was like alumni weekend. I forget what it was. And, um, <clears throat> Had a chance to talk to him. You know, he's kind of a low key guy. You know, he's not a guy who's, uh, who's gonna really excitable, which is great because. You know, he's he's low key, but he's really insightful. And so he was able to give us a lot of great stories about those teams from the 90s. Um, you know, he kind of started off talking about because when he came to the Indians, when he was coming up, he actually pitched some games at the old place, if I remember correctly, yeah. at the old stadium. So it was neat to get insight from him <laughs> pitching at the old place. And then he was talking about coming to the new stadium, you know, Jacobs Field at the time. He's like, this is like the Taj Mahal what the old place was you know, was, was kind of a dump, even though I loved it. Um, yeah. So he, he, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> But he, he, he was a great guy to talk to. I mean, you know, but again, low key guy, but a guy with a lot of great stories and spent again, a lot of time with us. So looking forward to more stories, similar to, you know, similar to what he was able to say with, uh, with other team, other players from the nineties, hopefully we can get some more guys on.
2: I think he and Bob Feller, I think he was the representative from that 93 team chosen to throw a ceremonial first pitch groundbreaking with Bob Feller when they broke ground on the team, which I probably
6: 1992,
2: but wasn't he, did he do that? Does that sound
6: right? I want to say it was him. Wasn't Mel, Mel Harder there too? Yes. Maybe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think it was three of them. Bob Feller, Mel Harder, and uh, Chuck Nagy. Yeah. Yes.
6: Yes, I think you're exactly. And there's pictures of that too online. I think uh, oh, yeah. Bobby Di- Bobby DiBiaseo, I think, has tweeted those out before.
2: Yeah, but that's what. How, how would you like to be Charles Nagy? You're 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 playing for this team that hasn't had success in a long time. You're chosen to be the representative from the current team, and you get to throw out the first pitch uh, ceremonial for the groundbreaking with Mel Harder and Bob Feller.
6: Holy cow! I mean. Good. Yeah, you wouldn't want to bounce one of those. No, <laughs> you're not I mean, bouncing Bob, it in. No, you don't know what
2: Bob Feller would say to him if, if, oh, if that okay. happened.
6: I can't even. I can't even. Well, I can, but I but I can't. We can't yes, right. right.
2: yeah. yes. It's a it's a it's
0: a PG. It's a it's a, a kid friendly
2: show.
6: Yes, them. we try to be at least. We right try
0: to be. Well, Scott, Bridgeport, Connecticut. What's our forecast again?
6: Yeah, they, they're going to start to uh, clear out. They've had a lot of rain there. Hurricane Ian a couple weeks ago. Um, and it looks like temperatures there in the 50s, well, mid-50s see. or so. Yeah, not bad.
0: That'd be nice. Wonderful. Ted, anything else? We're good?
2: I think we're great. Okay. Well, I think that all the time, but particularly right now.
0: Well, Scott, thank you for spending more time with us. I know this is uh, certainly uh, agonizing at times dealing with the two of us. We appreciate your time. And uh, well, it,
6: it is. I mean... I usually keep some of this chloroseptic right here because my throat usually gets sore talking to you guys and usually have some yeah. tums, but, but beyond that, I mean, everything is fantastic.
2: Oh, I we took some <laughs> so we're good. Yeah,
6: yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Scott, thank you. We appreciate it. You got it. Talk to you guys later.
1: Forecast roulette with the official, official,
4: official, 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 official the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Fox 8s Scott Sable
6: Oh no, not a dad joke.
1: Can if April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? What? Pilgrims.
3: That joke was horrible.
1: Coming to the end of episode number one zero two. Mm. One zero two. I don't know of any uh famous uh sports uh numbers. Uh I don't know. Did we do uh number two would be Tim Couch? Tim the Couch, yes. Number one would be I don't know. Derek Alexander. There you go. How about like that? You. Boom, off
0: the top of my head,
1: off the top of your head, right? Well, uh So we just finished celebrating your birthday, and now we swing right into Thanksgiving. What will you do? Do you have your turkey fryer ready, and how far away is it from your house? Uh, I've always thought about doing
0: that, and I'm, I'm not. I will be on location for Turkey Day. Where I think everyone knows my abilities. I try to stay in my lane when it comes to cooking. I'm not involved. I'm I've been asked to move to the side and that's handled by other people. So I will not do any cooking. Now, when it comes to the eating, I'm your guy. Yeah. I'm all over that. <laughs> so I'll be doing some very aggressive eating on Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, that'll be it. Mr. It's, Klopp yourself. Do you prepare the bird? Do you oh stuff no. it or?
1: Oh, no. no, 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 no. You're also in the same boat. As I you am. Made, I right? am the. Uh. I am. You have the designated hitter in uh, baseball. I'm the design i the de and the designated eater at oh. Thanksgiving. Yeah. What will be the top thing that you look forward to on Thanksgiving
0: food wise? Well, what is the, what is uh, the one what, item you said? Wow, I have to have this on Thanksgiving.
1: Um, the um, the cranberry um sauce. Uh, sauce. Yeah, the cranberry sauce and the stuffing. Those are two oh. top items.
4: I mean, and you got to have the
1: bird, but aside from that, yeah, cranberry I sauce think... is a once a year and stuffing is not once a year, but, you know, staple.
0: I'm very, I, I, I'm right with you on both of those. I could actually sit down if asked and just eat a bowl of stuffing. I think I really could. And I'd be perfectly happy doing that. I, yeah. I don't know why, because all throughout the rest of the year, I have no interest in eating it. No, I think
1: zero. I think I'll see you in a recliner about, 20 minutes later, passed out with gravy dribbling. Gravy down. and my pants down undone. Because yes. my belt is screaming. Yes. So, yes. yes. Yep. That's, no doubt. uh, how, well, what do you think the percentage is of guys who within 30 minutes of finishing the Thanksgiving meal have to unbuckle the belt? Oh, think- it's huge. huge. It's got to be
0: at least over
1: 50%. Oh, yeah. I would say that. Okay. All right. I would say that. Well, uh, we're going to have the, uh, Thanksgiving 30, maybe this year. I don't know. We get the freshman 15 (laughs) Thanksgiving 30, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But uh, yeah, well, happy Thanksgiving. Thankful to continue to do this show with you and thankful for your friendship and uh, uh, hopefully we'll uh, keep her going into uh, 2023 here.
0: Absolutely. Ted, I, I obviously appreciate our friendship and the ability to do this podcast with you. Thank you to the listeners. I hope everyone has a safe and, and happy Thanksgiving and enjoy the time with your family. And until next time, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland.
4: <laughs> two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audiovisual packages for all occasions.
3: Nothing brings people together like alcohol.
1: <laughs> there's, there's the quote of the show right there.